Seven, eight, nine, he misses every time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, movie, film. Hey, MFers, you're listening to another episode of Movie. Movie. Film. Film. It's a podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. Hmm. That's some nice singing. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Nate and shit. Nice. I'm Terrell, Black Lives Don't Matter, and I'm poor, black, I might even be ugly, but by God, I'm here. Uh, I don't know. That's okay. Uh, The color purple. Okay. I haven't seen the color purple. You have not seen it. So we are in for a I'm not viewing. doing a Spielberg thing, though. No, we don't have to. Okay. It's okay, but like, I have a the big color Spielberg purple blind spot. Is a, is a must, is a must see. Yeah, okay. We gotta see that one. Alright. Yeah. Did you know what mine is from? Well, it could be from anything that that actor is in. Uh, I mean, The Wire. But that's not a movie. I tend to quote movies, though. <laughs> um, I mean, is it The Five Bloods? Sure. <laughs> right? I would have accepted The Five Bloods. I would have accepted uh, 25th Hour. Mm-hmm. I would have accepted, uh, he says it in, um, forget what else. Every, Every I, I don't think I've seen him play a role where he doesn't have a character that says shit with that many, many more eyes yeah. and and some E's that aren't in the spelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently his uh father used to say shit like that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Star of The Five Bloods. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we are. Before we move on to our uh in-depth conversation about Crooklyn. Mhm. But it's a big Spike Lee uh episode. Yeah, Spike. Spike is summer. We are doing a summer theme, and I feel like it's very fitting that we do Spike. I feel like he doesn't have a movie that doesn't take place in I, the summer. I can't think of a Spike Lee winter movie. I can't think of one. <laughs> Not a single snow Spike Lee movie. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no Spike Lee movies where they're going up to the mountains, too. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. He keeps it right in New York, right in the summer. Peak heat. Uh, guess how many Spike Lee movies I've watched in the last month? Hmm, I feel like I know. 17. Eh. 18. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah! It was, se- it was 17 last night. Yeah, it was we- 17 yesterday. What happened? Yeah, after we finished Girl 6. What happened is I watched his four-hour documentary on Katrina. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 18. 18 Spikes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen, like, I don't think there's any director I've seen more movies of at this point right? than Spike Lee. Right. And that's all in the last month. Previously, it was just Inside Man, Miracles at St. Anna, and mm-hmm. 
Black Klansman last year when that came out. Right. And now look at you. Yeah. Wow. I haven't seen 18 Spike movies. It's a lot. It's a lot. The thing is, he's good at making movies. Yeah, he's really good. It is not a chore to sit down and watch his 18 most uh, celebrated movies. Mm-hmm. Well, his 16 most celebrated movies and then the stand-up special and The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Oh, The Sweet Blood of Jesus. That movie, Jesus. I shouldn't have watched that. But actually, no, it was good to watch a bad Spike Lee movie to mm-hmm. know. Right. To f- have more appreciation for the times it does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I watched The Sweet Blood of Jesus and I was going to do a Spike Lee kick. This was maybe like a year or two ago. And then I watched that. It and stopped I, you dead in your it tracks. It stopped me dead in my tracks. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to just chill for a minute on Spike. Um, but he has a lot of movies. It's a lot. Like he's one Very of the directors that. Career. Yeah, he he almost puts out a movie every year, or like he used to do that. Um, when you look at his filmography, you're just like, wow, you put out a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I I haven't seen or really like heard of. Well, I mean, I guess because around that time I was a kid, so I was really paying attention. But when I did start to pay attention, I was just like, wow, kind of like kind of like Prince. Like, okay. I didn't really know much about Prince up until he died. And then I went to go look at his work and he, and then he, I found he had like 30 something albums. Yeah. Cause he put out one every year. <laughs> and Prince is one of, uh, Spike's favorite artists. So I feel like he kind of like modeled himself after that. And it was just like, okay, I'm just going to work every year. I'm going to just put something out. Yeah. We watched Girl Six yesterday. Yeah. Which has Prince. Yeah. All over it. Yeah. No, yeah. no score, just Prince. Mm hmm. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, it was very, it was very fitting because it was very sexy, right? Yeah, it's a sex like, comedy yeah, about sex a, comedy. a phone sex operator, mm-hmm. a struggling actress turned phone sex yeah. operator. Mm-hmm. That was good. They're all good except a sweet blooded cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened with that one. It's the one that got away. Well, I hear his old boy remake is bad too, so I think maybe he's not great at remakes, which is weird because a lot of his movies, like the ones that aren't remakes, still are very uh, aware of other movies that exist, and mm-hmm. he I, I, maybe not to the same extent as Tarantino, but he does mm-hmm. the same kind of thing where he right. he'll like remix a genre and yeah. take elements from different movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the straight, the straight remakes, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I won't, have a, I saw, I saw the old boy. I saw it. And I wish I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's hard. I mean, hard. that's the Spike Lee that I grew up with, so I just brushed him aside. Right. It's, it's hard to try and recreate the magic of old boy. I think anyone that took that on, any American director that took that on was going to fail. Right. With the Sweet Blood of Jesus, I did watch the... The original uh, movie Ganja and Hess. Mm-hmm. I think he could have done something really special with that, but he just—I don't like the decisions he made and the right. way he took it. He uh, like didn't make it make any more sense, mm-hmm. but took it way more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for like the weird Robbie Malik like comedic relief. If mm-hmm. Robbie Malik is your comedic relief, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of him as the comic relief. I just feel like he was just like, like putting on a really awkward performance. 
He's doing something else. He's know. doing something. He's excited yeah. about being in a spiky yes. joint. He yeah. just doesn't know it's one of the bad ones yet. <laughs> right. The acting in a Spike Lee movie, it's so... Uh, All over the place? Uh, I think so. It's interesting, because I feel like when actors be like, are like, I'm in a Spike Lee movie, they act a certain way. Like in The Five Bloods with uh, with Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. He's really good in it, but I, I feel like he's hamming it up he's playing to spike he's he's playing to spike (laughs) and i feel like there's like some denzel isms and denzel's like one of spike's actors so i was just like yeah i see it okay i I see the influence in in his performance okay i didn't think about it that way yeah the denzel movies with spike i really really enjoyed Mm -hmm. but it's interesting to talk about the acting with he got game i found i guess like Denzel and young Rosario Dawson yes. are like doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Denzel's definitely doing his thing. Yeah. But then everyone else, I think the acting's like not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ray Allen's a, a basketball yeah, player. Basketball player. He, he, it's, it's fine. Right. It's yeah. not bad. It doesn't take away from it. Mm-hmm. I actually really, really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting that, um, I guess it's the, it's the strength of his writing and his uh, storytelling that even if the performances aren't, uh, keyed in it still works really well yeah um but that being said throughout spike's filmography some really really great performances yes uh i mean denzel and he got game malcolm x and mo better blues Mm -hmm. uh i mean denzel's the greatest (laughs) yeah i think oh and inside man too you we watched inside man uh you hadn't seen that before yeah i haven't seen it uh watched it for the first time I did not enjoy watching it. Oh, shit. I, I thought it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's okay. just, it's hard for Bad me. Bad timing? Bad timing. Bad timing. Um, I just was just like, you heard me when I was watching it. And like, every time the cops did something that was like racist or like super aggressive, I was just like, oh, oh. Like, it just made me like, like super like, like, yeah, cringy or just like grown to it. Because, you know, um, but, but, like, that's better than the cops being heroes, right? Yeah. No, I yeah, like it's that better it's realistic. I can hero. see how it's not enjoyable to watch right now, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with the movie, though. Like, I, I think it's it's good, and you get great performances. I mean, you have Denzel Washington and Jodie Foster going toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. Like, like the 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 shots of them like face to face really close like it like the way that it's like lit like their silhouettes like those shots are like really really good like those scenes are really really good Jodie Foster's really well cast in that yes. because I don't know what who else could go up against Denzel mm-hmm. like that but she's still like I don't know she yeah. she plays with that she, power and that yeah she's solid like she knows something he doesn't mm-hmm. about the world mm-hmm. yeah that movie I watch every few years because well because i like it and also i forget about it Mm -hmm. every time like i remember like small key things like why it's called inside man Mm -hmm. you don't really get that till the end but there's like way more layers and uh twists that i always forget like the whole uh just the whole investigation into it's not just a bank robbery and that's exciting that's bad it's like banks are bad right banks (laughs) Banks are are fucking terrible (laughs) someone's hiding something uh, dastardly in, in that bank um he didn't write that movie but i no. love how he was still able to like p- 
put his his touch on it. It's like the scenes where Denzel is like talking to his his is it his wife? Yeah. His wife and just like the way he uses her like just like in the bedroom. She's just in the bedroom the whole time. She's definitely a prototypical yeah. Spike Lee yes. uh, love interest. Mm-hmm. Those those <laughs> shots are uh, very Spike. Yeah. Right? You see some of those sh- shots in uh Girl Six as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't write that one either, but he really put his his stamp on that. Oh, another one he didn't write that I really liked, and I just got a shout out. Mm-hmm. It's called A Huey P. Newton Story. Mm-hmm. It's a one-man show by his uh, frequent collaborator, Roger Guinevere Smith. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. Guinevere. I'm glad you yeah. said it. Um, He plays Huey P. Newton, and he's like just sitting there going through his life and his story and the the Black Panthers mm-hmm. and the national response to that and just all the fucked up shit that happened that got spun out uh not by him mm-hmm. uh really 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 good and i think it's like streaming up they like they made a lot of stuff available recently mm-hmm. uh that speaks to the civil rights movement and i think that's one of them yeah like, i think you can find it on hulu and like some they of the did best another one too they did a rodney king one as yeah well. i might watch that later um the, some of the best parts of Spike Lee movies are Spike Lee joints. Yes. Joints. <laughs> How do we even do this podcast? It's not a movie or a film. It's a joint. It's a joint. It's a joint. Um, the best part, some of the best parts of those joints are characters speaking directly to the camera. Right. And a one-man show is exclusively an, act, an actor speaking directly to the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's just sustained for the whole like 80-minute runtime. Mm-hmm. But Spike does so many... He has so many tricks. Right. He has so many director tricks up his sleeve that he comes back to he has every a movie. Full arsenal. And he uses them differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there's whole studies on the Dolly shot. And, like, it's definitely, like, used as a way to show, like, a character not being in control of their surroundings. But mm-hmm. even then, there's so many different contexts to it in each movie. The Dolly shot is so cool. And it's so cool that he, that's, like, that's Spike's shot. Yeah. That's like his signature shot. Yeah. It works every time, and it's in every picture. He also does a lot of the the Dutch angle, the slanted mm-hmm. uh, angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, like in Girl 6, when he does the dolly shot, it's near the end of the movie where she's like losing control. Mm-hmm. She's like losing reality. You in, know what I mean? in Inside Man, it's when like after... Uh, they see footage of a hostage being shot. Then Denzel's like exiting the the police intelligence van, mm-hmm. and it's just the dolly. Like he's not in control anymore. And uh, yeah, so uh, there's some good ones in De- in the Five Bloods. Yeah, do, do we talk about that after Crooklyn, so we can have spoilers, or do we say skip ahead? I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to talk about it before or after? Because I want to talk about it with spoilers. Okay, so... Let's do spoilers after. Okay. All right. Just okay. a little bit. Okay. Um, I don't know how to describe the other thing he does. It's like... So, the first time I noticed it, I think, was in 25th Hour... Ed Norton in the very beginning is slamming the trunk of a car. Mm-hmm. And he does a thing where 
he slams the trunk and then you see him slamming the trunk from another angle. Yeah. So it sounds like he's slamming the trunk twice. Yeah. And like that's a an effect he uses in like a lot of his movies. A lot of his to, movies. to emphasize certain moments. Yeah. That um, happened a few times in Girl Six. Yeah, and and into Five Bloods, yeah. where you get like the line reading twice. Yeah. Uh that like the That's yeah. such a good trick. It like really emphasizes a moment and also mm-hmm. it's jarring. Yes. Because that's not how we're used to watching movies. Mm-hmm. But but his joints are so I don't know. They're so aware of themselves as movies. Yes, I I I love that because recently he started doing um he started putting like pictures yeah like 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 freeze frames in in his movies where like if he mentions if he's playing a song or if they're talking about a music artist the the picture will pop up like he wants you to know right. he wants you to see like it. Black Klansman they have all the uh, black exploitation posters yeah. in that one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the Five Bloods, right. there are pictures of like Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and the I forget his name, but the athlete that they were talking about mm-hmm. that that would that could fly. He took like thirteen steps in between uh, the 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 jumps, mm-hmm. right? Or or when he wanted to like cut in like shots of like when he was talking about certain moments in the war and he wanted to show those pictures, yeah, and he would just pop them up, yeah, in the middle of the movie. Yeah, he. I watched the previously mentioned Katrina documentary called uh, "When the Levees Broke: A Requiem in Four Acts," mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I watched uh, uh, Four Little Girls." Mm-hmm. His documentaries, and he he, uh, I really like him as a documentary filmmaker and mm-hmm. uh, theater to theater adaptation direct i don't know what to call it filming th- the theater pieces and the right. stand up yeah um he's oh, he's he's a master yeah he's a master and i think he took some stuff from the documentary stuff into his uh later movies mm-hmm. by having though even his early stuff messes with form i mean there's the in in do the right thing there's the the pictures on the wall mm-hmm. and you see like the close ups of like uh, who who they think should be on the wall? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pizza shop. Yeah, yeah. And that that one picture of uh, Malcolm and Martin. Mm-hmm. Yo, Malcolm X. Yeah. <laughs> you you haven't seen the whole thing, right? No, I never. It's finished long. It. It's really long. It's, it is an epic. And me, my mom, and my cousin, uh, we started it kind of late. And we just never... That's not a good idea. Yeah, it's not a good idea. I started it real early. I was like, today's the day I'm watching Malcolm X. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half in and he just went to prison. And I was just like, yeah. he's not even Malcolm X yet. No, it's like 20 minutes in the beginning where he's just walking around in a zoot suit with Spike Lee. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about Spike Lee as an actor? Yeah. <laughs> he pops up. Yeah, he's not a good actor. <laughs> But it's so fun. <laughs> I think he's he's I think he's fine because I think the parts that he puts itself in aren't aren't like super dramatic roles. Right? Right. Um like in Girl Six, he's the annoying neighbor. Actually Perfect. actually I liked him in Girl Six and it was like an older, more reserved mm-hmm. spike. I feel like Well, he's he's fun he's really funny and she's gotta have it. 
I did like him. Yeah, he's really good in She's Gotta Have It. I forget about that. He plays that really like I mean, he's, zany he, character. He's definitely the worst actor in Do the Right Thing. But like, right. that's fine. And that's like, I feel like that's the one time he put himself in like the lead. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, if that, that, that role required a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he usually doesn't do that. He usually just pops up. He's on the side somewhere, you know. Right. Um, like in Crooklyn. Like he's in Crooklyn. A, he's, he's just a junkie. I, yeah, I like, I like his performance yeah. in Crooklyn, actually. Yeah. He's definitely one of those directors, once again, like Tarantino, who is a brand. Mm-hmm. A, you know, like, you don't know what you're going to get with a Spike Lee joint, but you know it's going to feel a certain way. Yes. Um, and in his career has made like an effort to be a household name. Like there aren't that many directors that casual movie fans know by name. Mm -hmm. There's Scorsese, Tarantino, Spike Lee. Yeah. A couple more. There's a few more. It's a handful. Two handfuls. But he's like a celebrity director. Yeah. He's an author. Um, Author. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think has, uh, I don't know, m- maybe assisted the, the longevity of his work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was real cool that uh, QT popped up in Girl 6 at the beginning. Yeah, as himself. As himself. As a d- despicable person. Sneezy, yeah, as a sneezy <laughs> director trying to see some tits. Yeah. Yeah. That's Hollywood for you, right? Right. I'm sure he was excited. Yeah. Because I get the sense Tarantino loves acting. <laughs> yeah. And I, he's also a Spike fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those those two are like like two of my favorite directors. And mm-hmm. it's really cool what they do with music in their movies. Yeah. And the way music really grounds their their movies. Uh, tar- the one big difference, though, Tarantino, with the exception of... The Hateful Eight mm-hmm. doesn't have scores. He just has soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Spike's got lots of great scores by Terrence Blanchard. Okay. Who I have definitely grown to. Um, well, it's not like I didn't like him at first, but now he's like one of my favorite film composers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I don't pay attention enough to composers. Yeah. Well, I, if, if, I like if you Hans watch Zimmer. 17 movies of the same director, yeah. <laughs> you, you get to become familiar with his uh, creative team, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Terrence Blanchard, not part of The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Right. Bruce Hornsby did the score for that. Did Did Ruth do the costuming for Sweet Blood of Jesus? I forget. Okay. I think so. The costumes in that were good. Okay. She didn't do the costumes in Inside Man, and... I kept thinking, what would Ruth have, have done yeah, for this? Differently. Like, I like Denzel's suit, but I wonder what it would have been. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Spike Lee, Oscar winner. Wasn't it great when he finally got that Oscar? Yeah, for uh, the screenplay. Yeah, for the screenplay. Pretty upsetting when... <laughs> Right, he, the same night. Late, later that night, he lost. To Green Book. To Green Book. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Oscars for you. Yeah. 
It's just like do the right thing lost to Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss fucking Daisy. And then the next time he gets the nomination, it's another people driving around pretending to, they can solve racism. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild. It's it's wild because like, like we still talk about do the right thing as a whole. No one talks about Driving Miss Daisy except unless it's like a joke. Yeah. Right, unless it's like in the form of a joke. Hmm. All right, should we get to Crooklyn so that we can have time for Defy Bloods? Yeah, afterwards? this is such an interesting uh, discussion. I didn't know it was going to go like this. I'm glad it did. Oh, I've, like, I mean, I've spent all month like diving into yeah. his filmography. I, I've never done that before with the director. I know I with the Coen Brothers. I was going back and watching their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is the first time I've just started watching a director's movies and then did not stop. Yeah. And part of that time. was definitely anticipation for The Five Bloods. Part of it was current events. Mm-hmm. Part of it is th- he makes really entertaining movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really satisfying movies. Yeah. Crooklyn being one of them. Very Crooklyn so. being one of them. So... Mm-hmm. Let's roll the trailer for Crooklyn. Sorry, Gray. You sorry, why? Sorry I called your mother a hog. And you sorry about teasing me about being left back three times, about being on welfare, about me and my brothers having three different fathers. All right, already. I said I was sorry. This time, Spike Lee takes a whole new look at growing up in his old neighborhood. Is the TV on? No! No, daddy doesn't want to fight and yell. All daddy wants to do is play his music in a place called Crooklyn. All it took to keep it together was a little love, peace, and soul. Alfrey Woodard, Delroy Lindo, and introducing Zelda Harris. That's what family's for. Gotta stick together, right? Right. Crooklyn, a Spike Lee joint. Crooklyn is a 1994 American semi-autobiographical joint co-written, produced, and directed by Spike Lee. Uh, he wrote it with his uh, siblings, mm-hmm. who aren't listed at the top of the page on Wikipedia. I, th- I want to say Joy. Joy. Joy Lee and Sonic Lee. So it's... um, We talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago when I was early in my Spike Lee journey. Mm-hmm. And you made me watch this. Yeah. And we discussed it a little bit. Yeah, because you asked me what my uh, favorite Spike joint joint was. I said Crooklyn. Yeah, I'm sorry for asking you that. I would melt down if someone made me answer (laughs) that. Right? It took me a second. I had to to think. I mean, honestly, I might say a Huey P. Newton story. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really have to check that out. I'm, I'm strongly recommending people do. Especially, I think you'll like it because you're you're an actor. 
Okay. It's theater. You know, when's the last time you got to see theater? It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, Crooklyn, though. Yes. You're talking about soundtracks. Ooh. Yeah. Music. <laughs> love it. Love. I love this sound. It's very Motown. And it's the whole movie. It's the whole movie. And, like, each Not, song is so fitting. Very few moments go scene. by without a song playing underneath. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Right. Apparently... This is two. It's two sound, two separate soundtracks. They no. had too much move, too much, too much music for one soundtrack. Right. So did he have like, like what, like a score soundtrack, and then like, uh, like the music, music uh, soundtrack? Is that what you mean? I think. Or is it, it like I think a it's two like disc? it's two discs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. His father, Spike Lee's father, was a a jazz musician. Mm-hmm. And so the father figure in Crooklyn, Woody, played by Delroy Lindo, is Delroy Lindo. Yeah, uh, is a jazz pianist, mm-hmm. um, composer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, because we were talking about music, right? Not not a lot of jazz though. It's mostly like the sounds of the seventies. Yeah. This. Uh, Crooklyn takes place in Bed-Stuy uh, in the summer. Mm-hmm. We're doing summer movies. The summer yeah. of 73. Yep. And uh, we just start off. It starts off with okay. uh, uh, The or uh, Yeah, The Shylights. Uh, and one of my favorite songs ever, uh, People Make the World Go Round. Mm. And, and it's, yeah, you're uh, singing along. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's uh, And it's like... It's it's the perfect song to start off with because it's this it's just like this perfect picture of like like a kid's utopia in in Brooklyn where all the kids are just out playing and having fun and the adults are outside sitting on their stoop watching mm-hmm. the kids and just enjoying the like this nice summer day and you know people just make the world go round. Yeah, just in terms of credit design, I liked that uh, all the 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 text was like uh as if there's like a paintbrush yeah, like it's like a brush stroke yeah. with the text over that and like mm-hmm. different colors yeah very colorful and mm-hmm. then uh the whole sequence is just uh, like i don't know like 10 or 20 different games being played yeah in the street. So it's just many kids games. playing games in the street. hand games hopscotch uh jacks uh, there's like uh i don't know what it's called i'm just call it Blade Blade, <laughs> what do we call it? Tops. Tops, tops. tops. They were yeah, playing tops. tops. Yeah, they were racing. Um, yeah, stickball. They were playing... Um, jump rope. Jump rope. Double dutch. Double dutch. Um, some kids were playing board games. The Yeah, the baseball game they Yeah, were the playing. baseball game. So, like, you had kids actually playing, playing baseball. And then some kids playing, like, a board game of it. You had the kids kissing. You know what I mean? Trying to sneak away and right. kiss. You know what I mean? Like, all, all this stuff going on in the neighborhood. This is the our second summer movie in a row that mm-hmm. focuses on children. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit last week about how summer is like a a kid concept, mostly because of vacation, nostalgia. Yeah. nostalgia and vacation. Yeah, like that's when you get to most kind of be a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you don't have to. I don't know. Be pretending to be an adult in school, mm-hmm. and. Oh, it's so good. It just that the, that whole feel in this movie is just so strong. Mm-hmm. 
and everything is everything. Every yeah. Mm, this yeah. is gonna be a long one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the whole movie is just small moments that feel huge because they're most likely real. Yeah. And they're just full of detail and yeah. life and love. Yeah. I love how the movie starts off like, like, like a per- like this, this this world is perfect. Yeah. Right. Because it 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 goes through a journey. It become it goes full circle. Like it's like the circle of life, right? Mm-hmm. But it starts off really perfect, really perfect from like a kid's perspective. Yeah, it's the perfect day. It's the perfect summer day, and uh, we're just seeing a bunch of kids. We don't know who our you know protagonist or our family or whatever. Well, is gonna I be. will say right off the bat, you can immediately tell. Yeah, which kid is supposed to be Spike Lee? <laughs> Yeah. Because uh, Clinton is the character's name, mm-hmm. is wearing a Knicks jersey and has those glasses. thick rimmed yeah. Spike Lee glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, and it's, he's the one where you're yeah. like, yeah, that's okay, right. that's that's the Spike Lee one. <laughs> that's him. And, uh, it's like how in Roma, the Alfonso Cuaron one is the one that's like always watching movies and staring out of the windows thinking about something i don't know maybe about how he's going to turn it into a movie <laughs> right he's, he's imagining seeing the pictures we see troy we don't know that her name is troy yet mm-hmm. but the thing that sets her apart is that she's not playing uh, mm-hmm. she's watching everyone and you get that really good spike lee shot of her behind like a brick wall he has like really great shots of like people where they're like behind like a, just a solid background yeah that are like really good. So like when when you when when it flashes by her and she's just sitting behind this uh, brick wall and smiling, you take note of it. It's the one face you really got you get to see. Uh, we meet Woody, played mm-hmm. by Del Orlando. He emerges, yeah, from the apartment from the from the brownstone to house, and he he's got a horn like a a ram's. <laughs> Ram's horn. Uh, so like, so for the kids like, to come inside for dinner. So such it's like very uh, Thundercats. Right? Very yeah, it's very <laughs> like uh, a, a family just like trying to like be in touch with like their African roots, mm. uh, right? So like he's using this horn to like call in his children. Mm. Yeah. Uh, dinner. So they come in for dinner. Yeah, but they don't start eating right away. We're saying grace before the meal. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, it's the little, like, it's the kids bickering during yeah. the blessing, not being able to focus and yeah. wanting to eat and complaining and then finally being quiet in time to say grace. And then, yeah. uh, and then as soon as they say grace and they're about to start eating, they hear the music of their neighbor, Tony mm-hmm. Eyes, playing. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible keyboard music yeah. and singing. Uh and like you know how kids are, like some kids are like really picky eaters. They don't want to eat everything that's on their plate. They don't want to eat the vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they start eating. They take a bite. Troy takes a bite of like cornbread, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm full." And then like they're all full. Yeah, and none of them really eat anything. One of them does the classic feed the your meal to the dog under the table yeah. so your parents can't see. Mm-hmm. I always wished I had a dog for that right. for that purpose. Yeah, the dog is just sitting there waiting, like waiting for food to drop. Uh, we meet mother Carolyn, played by Alfred Woodard. Alfred Woodard, 
And uh, she wants her children to clean the kitchen. Yeah. She's telling them, you're going to be cleaning the kitchen tonight. Yeah. That's their responsibility. Um, So mom, what we get so far in the dynamic is that mom is like the disciplinary. Mm -hmm. And dad gets to be the, the good guy. Yes. Right? Like, he's joking around. He's burping. Mm-hmm. He didn't really say grace. You know what I mean? Like, she's right. the one that had to, like, really, like, say grace. Yeah. And so, like, that's the dynamic that we have uh, between them. But even though uh, Woody's a good guy, he still uh, isn't shown to have a lot of chill. No. Uh, the first uh, hint of this is uh, we get a cutaway to their neighbor, Tony Eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his name was Eyes or they call him that because he has those big glasses. Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. Where it's like the glass bottle, like bug eye things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got the cutaway of him in his apartment. And there's the just a bunch singing. of dogs. It's too many dogs. Too many to dogs. Count. I couldn't count. I was going to count them, but I couldn't. Right. It's just filling up the frame. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can smell it. I can smell his apartment yeah, by seeing that shot. Yeah. And from everyone complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the dad loses his cool, calls him a name. A bad word. Yeah, meanwhile, the kids are singing along to mm-hmm. his song. Yeah, <laughs> making fun of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we we cut. Yeah. Yeah, we cut. And Troy uh, is sleepwalking. And she walks into the boy's bedroom and, and pees. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of waking up uh, her older brother, Nate. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, gross. Like, that's not the bathroom. We better clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a child. This is a, although it's not clear yet that mm-hmm. Troy is the main character. And I like how she doesn't emerge as a main character until a while in. Yeah. But she is. Yes. She undergoes the most uh, discernible arc. In the movie, and mm-hmm. it's definitely like a her coming of age story. Yes, and yes, to yes. have her in the beginning, uh, urinating not at the toilet, mm-hmm. it's definitely like a a child, a childish thing to do. Yeah, it's just painting the the setting it up. This is she's a child right mm-hmm. now. Right. Um, another cut, rude awakening. Uh, mom has come home and the house is not clean. Yeah, the, the, the kids dishes are still clean. dirty. So uh, she wakes the kids up. Yeah, and it's she a whole ordeal. Them out of bed. Yeah, it's like the, it's walking through the house very quickly, room to room, to wake everyone up. Yeah, signs still delivers playing. It's, it's like a good music choice. It's all one shot following her around the the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We get the the shot like we. Get the whole layout of the house, the, the different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she says, from now on, everyone's going to be pulling your weight. Yeah, which means you're going to be cooking mm-hmm. and cleaning. When she comes home for work, the last thing she wants to do is come home to a sink full of dishes. Yep. Yeah. And the kids are like, they're like... You know, when you get woken up very quickly and you're just like so groggy and upset. Yeah. yeah, they're not not very happy about no. it. And like they're they're still bickering amongst each other and still teasing each other. Uh, next thing I have is the Snagglepuss cartoon. 
Um, we got yeah the the boys uh, bef- eating tricks. Before that, the boys say, "I'd rather have a father than a mother any day." True. Yeah, they're rude. They're rude. They're mean to their mother because she's the disciplinary. Dad, that is the cool one. He's the fun one. Um, and after that, we get a, a nice cut to peace, right? Where Troy's in bed is because the, the snagglepuss doesn't happen yet, right? It's a cut to peace. Troy's in bed. She wakes up and then she sees her mom and her like hair, her salon chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have uh, a conversation about Troy going away for the summer. She brings up the idea of her going to stay with um, her aunt. Mm. And Troy's like, no, I don't want to go. And she's like, well, what are you going to do for the summer? She's like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And then we get Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss is where she's eating the tricks to herself. Yeah. She won't won't share. Eating straight out of the box. Straight out of the box. This is her box. The little brother... um, The little brother comes in i forget the little brother's name oh. the little brother comes in and he wants some and she's like no get away and then i love how she he like wendell wendell i love or how joseph he, joseph joseph is the little brother okay joseph uh i love how after we got five he, kids in this house yes, by the way it's five when he's denied the the box of cereal he like trying to he like very sneakily, like, just stays there and then tries to, like, dip his hand in again. And so he goes to the stairs and he's just like, Mom, Troy has a box of cereals and she won't share with anyone. And then that's it. Until an older brother comes in. Mm-hmm. Wendell. Yeah. Wendell comes in and snatches the box with yep. her and roughhouses her. She's in a house full of boys. Mm-hmm. So she's fighting with them every day. She's holding her own. Yeah, too. She's, she's holding, tough. Yeah, she's tough. She's tough. They're, they're building her up, definitely. Uh, next, we meet Spike Lee's character, Snuffy. Snuffy and yeah. his right hand man, who is called Right Hand Man. Yeah. Who is a, a man who has his left arm amputated. So that's probably why he got the name. Right hand man. He he only has a right hand, but yeah. also he's Snuffy's right hand man. It's cute. Yeah. I guess in a and, weird way. Yeah. And we in meet, like a, these are junkies sniffing glue kind of way. Yeah. And we meet them in a very cool, very like, uh, um, I don't know. What's the word? So not surreal. Yeah, no, it's uh, surreal. They're upside surreal. down. They're upside down, and they're they're. He's getting that dolly shot where they're they're moving, but they're not walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're high. They're yeah. high as hell. Yeah, they're the neighborhood junkies. Yep. And uh, meanwhile, the kids are out on the stoop. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of girls. Um, like it's a bunch of black girls, and then one Puerto Rican girl. Um, and they're just making fun of each other hair. Mm-hmm. Really, it's a, it's a conversation about about good hair. And the one girl is like, "I don't like your hair." And then Troy is like, "Well, at least my hair isn't standing up." Like she has like the the peewee, like not the peewee. Mm. Uh, what's the character? alfalfa? Alfalfa. Yeah, she has rascals. the alfalfa going on. And then the other girl was like, "Ooh, Minnie, she got good hair." And she's like, "Stop touching me! You're always touching me, ugly." And so like they start getting into it. Um. But not not in a like super serious way because it only takes a moment for them to be like, okay, let's play jump rope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so they start playing jump rope, but then you get this other shot of these boys walking around with a cat. Yeah, before that, the the boys we have the girls on one stoop, the boys on another stoop. Mm-hmm. While the boys are on the stoop, we meet another important character, Vic. Mm-hmm. The uh, oh yeah, the Carmichael's, which is the the name of the, the main family. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their upstairs neighbor, their tenant. He is a a vet. Yeah, uh, suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. And he's introduced as like this really cool guy. Yeah, they like, really he's the look man up of to the him. block. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, boys go steal a cat. Mm-hmm. Girls are. Jumping rope, but then the boys come in. Swinging the cat yeah. by its yeah, tail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the guys and the girls get in a little skirmish. Yeah. Until it's broken up by Snuffy and Right Hand Man. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Coming looking in. for money. Yeah. Trying to, yeah. Trying to rob them for money. Everyone scatters. Yeah. Spike Lee films, like, crowds of people so well. Mm-hmm. Like, he does this thing where, like, a, a group of people will just be, like, a unit, mm-hmm. and they'll, like, move together, mm-hmm. or, like, even speak together in, like, a rhythm, uh-huh. or sometimes in unison, like, the mo- even moments in this movie where all the kids shout, no, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, just, like, things like the, the crowd scattering. Just, yeah. That's it. I don't know. I feel like that's another like Spike Lee thing is just crowd dynamics mm-hmm. or group dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's it's like it's cute. Yeah. It's kids. It's kids. Um so please excuse the fireworks that have been going off in our neighborhood. I don't know if the night, mics caught them, but every night. Um so we get another cut to dinner again. Um and Nate Nathaniel uh, refuses to eat black eyed peas. He hates black eyed peas. He thinks they're gross. Yeah. Um, is the, well, as a kid, is there something that you didn't like to eat that you were just like? No. Oh, I was an incredibly difficult picky eater okay. as a child. I wouldn't eat most things. Oh. I ate string cheese and Easy Mac and <laughs> toast. Um, as a kid, I would not eat peas. Like my mom had. The I also time. wouldn't eat peas. <laughs> yeah, just like green peas. I was just like, "Ew, no, these are gross." My mom would like do everything. Uh, she she figured out a way to get me to eat them by mixing it with corn. Mm. The corn nice. was like the the key, the sweetness and of, of yeah, the corn. Peas, yeah, peas definitely have a, a texture that yeah. is an acquired uh taste yeah so like i i feel for this kid i get it especially uh, when dad comes home with some pound cake exactly who wants pound cake right but uh nate's gotta eat his peas first yeah he can't have uh dessert while, until every, finished while everyone's around to eating pound cake exactly um and the mom is like really pushing him to like eat the food and he does he he gives it the good old college try but as soon as it touches his mouth mm-hmm. He vomits. Yeah, he spits it all up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's that scene. That's <laughs> like, that? What a beautiful movie that that's just a scene. Yeah. That doesn't come back. No. 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 It's just a, a scene from childhood. It's just, it's just, a just a the family dynamic. It's yeah. The, yeah. Um, Wendell uh, is like kind of like one of the middle... Maybe he's second oldest. I'm not sure. He is taking out the trash, 
and decides to throw some of that trash onto uh, Tony I's uh, property. Yeah, in his area. Yeah. And Tony catches him. Yeah, he comes out and confronts him about it. He's confronting a kid about it. Um, and they get a little loud, which brings attention um, to the family. So the mom comes out. Yeah, this is another Spike thing. Just small arguments just escalating yes. and more people getting involved. And again, like a crowd coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, m- mom gets involved and a bunch of neighborhood children get involved. Uh Tony's yelling. Eventually, Vic comes down. Yeah. And breaks him up. Punches Tony in the face. Yeah. He hits Tony's, like, uh, bug eye glasses right off of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony wouldn't like calm that, down. I feel like that's a thing when, when Spike and his siblings were uh, preparing, like, the story for the screenplay. I feel like... They probably remember, like, and remember when Vic uh, punched Tony's glasses right off his face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's such a so much of this movie plays like a memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's it's a night. Um, so the um, so Troy yeah. Troy is in the store while this is happening. Um, she's. Buying a bunch of yeah. candy. You know who else is in the store? RuPaul. We get a RuPaul <laughs> cameo. It's just a random RuPaul cam- yeah. cameo of RuPaul in drag dancing to the song called, I, I think it's called, I Never Go Back to Georgia. Mm. I mean, that's what they keep repeating. And she's just dancing with this man. And he's trying to like. He's uh, one of the proprietors of the bodega. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to, like, hook up with her. But she's, like, playing hard to get yeah. in this role. And, and Troy, Troy is just watching it all happen. Yeah. Troy's watching this. Uh, Troy has what she was going to buy. Is standing with her back to the counter because she's not ready to uh, go through with the transaction. Because she just needs to watch how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's learning uh, about, I guess, about... I mean, it really doesn't pop up again, but, like, interactions between uh, a man and a woman figure, mm-hmm. um, which is just um, important to, like, her character development, because uh, she is becoming a woman. Yeah. It pops up, like, in various ways. Um, On her way out, she sees Vic getting arrested. Yeah. Um, I like the music choice here. Um, because there's something about um, Jimi Hendrix that reminds me of war mm-hmm. and him being a I think he's a vocal critic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so Jimi Hendrix is playing and Vic is being arrested. The vet's being arrested. Um, and now it's just like this big spectacle, you know? That's also very relatable. I grew up like in like just like apartment buildings. So mm-hmm. like if you hear some yelling, you're gonna stick your head out the window. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna stick your head out the window or maybe you're already outside. So like <laughs> now it's like a show. Yeah. Uh the kids are staying up and they're watching the Partridge family on TV. I love that. And they're singing along. And, all, and also bickering. Love this morning. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I, lo- I like it. 
And Carolyn is in bed mm-hmm. and she shouts, is the TV on? Right. And then we get them all shouting in no. unison. No. They shout no. So then Clinton goes and just turns it down. Right. And then they keep singing along, but now they're whisper singing. I woke up in it's very cute. This morning. Yeah. Uh, I have another bodega scene next. Yeah. All right. It, it so Troy's back in the bodega, and she sees um her friend stealing. Yeah. They they go in there to steal. Yeah. She watches her friend steal, so then she goes to steal something, but she gets caught. Yeah. Did you find the this bodega owner weird? The worker weird? I found him weird. He was like trying to get a a kiss from the little girl. And she wouldn't give it. He was like, I'll tell your mother. And she's like, okay, tell her. But also, like, that's like kids being like, oh, get away from me. But then also, when he catches Troy stealing, he, like, makes a point to, like, slap her on the butt. Oh, I didn't notice that. That yeah. is definitely That weird. is, like, the trying to get a kiss along with the slap on the butt. I was just like, okay, so, like, Spike Lee is, like, really painting, like, all these characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, we get Clinton, the Spike Lee surrogate, watching the Knicks, predictably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, He's sitting like two feet away from the screen. Like, <laughs> That's why he leaning in towards the screen. <laughs> 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 and he's like commentating while watching it. Mm-hmm. That's his thing, is the Knicks. Yeah, is the Knicks. <laughs> um, while the boys are watching basketball, Troy's in the bathroom imagining herself with yeah, she's like judging her figure. Earlier, Clinton called her a flat-chested wet wench. Yes. Yeah. So she's internalized that. Yeah, and now she's like, "What would I look like with with boobs?" And so she like puts like toilet toilet tissue in her shirt mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, uh, mom and dad are downstairs having a conversation. Starts off as a conversation. Yeah, Woody's at the piano, mm-hmm. doing his thing. Working on his music. Carolyn comes in with some bills. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Woody wrote a check without recording it. Mm-hmm. That sets off this uh, argument about money. Yeah. Pretty much, Carolyn resents Woody because he's not... Um, he doesn't really appreciate everything that she does to maintain their household's finances. Right. Uh, he sees... Uh, not recording the check as just a one-time screw-up, but apparently this is a pattern of behavior that... that not not that I'm their family therapist, but right. I think it, it stems from a, him not appreciating the, her labor. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the, the dynamic is changing because he used to be the breadwinner, right? He used to be the one bringing home the money. But now he is trying to live out his dream and he's trying to be uh, a musician with with original music he's not trying to make other people music mm-hmm. and so when you do that you know you kind of become a starving artist right and so he's relying on her right but while he's relying on her uh financially he's not being he's not respectful making it easy. Yeah, yeah he's not making it easy and so they get into this this fight. Meanwhile, over he's finances. just trying to work on his music yeah. and do his work, and mm-hmm. he feels that he's not given any time. He says the line, "I have to sneak through my own house like a thief in the night yeah. just to be able to 
do yeah. my work. Yeah, it comes a, a fight about privacy as well. And she that's the tipping point for her. Because she's like, God damn it. What do you mean? I can't go anywhere without five kids hanging off of my tits. Like, yeah. I'm like cooking. I'm cleaning. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything. Like that's support to her. Yeah. Like she's doing everything just so you can live out your dream of being a musician. Just respect this 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 one thing that I'm that I'm asking you to do. But it becomes this big thing. Um, because he's not used to being in that position. Yeah. Also, the kids are watching TV when they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So it turns into this thing where she's very frustrated at her husband, but kind of taking it out yeah, on her kids on a little kids. bit yeah. because she sees them slipping a little bit. So she runs up, mm-hmm. yells at them to turn off the TV, turns it off. And it, yeah, like, I mean, that's a, a struggle with Clinton. Yeah. A struggle with Clinton and like the, like, Woody, the dad, is like, let him watch TV. Yeah, he and then not he tries. Yeah, he's, he's not, not backing, backing her up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like, you could, that, that's kind of been the dynamic from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so he really needs to like back her up. And like, he tries to like pull her, but she doesn't want to be touched. And because she doesn't want to be touched, it turns into this whole, this whole thing where it's like her going after Clinton and Woody going after her. And Joseph is trying to get in the bathroom and Troy won't come out. And then Troy comes out and like they get swept. It's like a it's like a hurricane. And they all and end up on the stairs. They all end up on the stairs. Sliding down the stairs. Sliding together. down the stairs. Yes. Like the, the narrow stairs. It's like filmed from above, kind of slanted. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a mess of bodies just in a small space. Yeah. Just literally on top of each other. Yeah. And so, I mean, finally, I mean, this has come to a head. The dad pretty much yells for everyone to stop. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, what I want is some respect for my work. And she's like, well, you could take that respect and get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, she kicks him out. Kicks him out. She said, get your brother and get your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a shot next that I really like. It's... Another, I guess another one of Spike Lee's things that he does. Mm-hmm. It's just a shot of Carolyn on the bed. She has two kids, a kid on either side of her, her and, babies. and her dog. Yeah. And it's like very minor, slow zoom. And it's kind of like a portrait. Yeah. In in the middle of the movie. And it's just like, this is this character yeah. in this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like a po- it's like a pose. Her in bed with the kids on either side and the dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And the just the design of the house and the the wallpaper and the yeah just the decorate the set decoration is mm-hmm. so everything's so lived in. Mm-hmm. Troy the next morning brings her mother breakfast in bed. Yeah. And apparently has cleaned. Yeah. So yeah. She, in yeah. In her parents uh, having some strife, she's already stepping up. Yeah, she's feeling it. And the doorbell rings, and it's her dad. Mm-hmm. It's the next day. Yeah. And he has brought uh, flowers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before he comes back in the house, uh, Troy and him have a moment on the stoop. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a talk. Yeah. And he's just trying to get a feel of how everyone is feeling with how things went last night. Yeah, and kind of explaining that it it's all because Woody really wants to play his own music. Yeah, and she's but just like Carolyn wants him to play someone else. Yeah, so they can make 
so they can make more money. And she's so sweet and innocent. She's just like, well, why don't you play other people's music? And then she was like, okay, well, maybe you should just settle for, for taking mom out on a date. Mm-hmm. And just great advice. They probably do just need to have some fun, some time together. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, Woody and Carolyn reconcile. Mm-hmm. The next thing I have is Troy stealing some collector collector's nickels from Clinton. Yeah, his Buffalo nickels. Yeah, he's got the nickels. I, his, uh, I used to tickets. have the the state quarters in a very similar uh, coin collector. I don't even know what to call it. Book booklet, mm-hmm. I guess, where you put the coins in. So she's taking them all out. Yeah, all these nickels out Takes to get money for ice Celtics cream. Celtics and Knicks uh, tickets as well. Yes. Um. Yeah, and buys her and her friend uh, some ice cream. Yeah, and he can't find his next ticket, so he's mad. He's he even before he can't find him, he's like being mean to Troy. He's just mean to her. Yeah, he he's walks a in the house and like pushes her head into her ice cream. Yeah, even though you know she bought it with his money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't you didn't realize even know that. that. Yeah, um, he puts Troy in a headlock when he's looking, for, asking about the tickets. Yeah. She's lying about not having it. Mm-hmm. She eventually breaks. Yeah, they were the tickets were in her sock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Troy lies to her mom about taking the nickels. Yeah, she does. Um, the kids do something to Tony again. Uh, hmm. What? I don't know. I the the kids are just they just mess with um, Tony's garbage. I don't know exactly what because my note on it's so weird. Yeah, I don't have that yet. Or we already talked about that rather. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just something that pops up uh, a few times. Um. Craig, also known as Possum, um, neighborhood kid, neighborhood kid, um, Troy's adversary, mm-hmm. um, is they just they just get into little tips, right? He fake cries to to Carolyn to get Troy to apologize to him for something that she said. Oh, earlier, yeah, when he threw the cat, she called his mother a hoe. And so, yeah, he's he's crying to, to mom now, to her mom now, to get her to uh, apologize, which actually works. Because the mom forces her to apologize to him. Yep, and then sends her to the store mm-hmm. with some food stamps that Troy is embarrassed to use. Yeah, she's so embarrassed to use them that she decides to, to steal yeah, and it's the perfect opening to steal because as she's stealing, the manager is yelling at another kid, uh, Peanut, mm-hmm. her friend that was stealing. Yeah. So the manager caught this girl stealing. Yeah. So that's a good distraction yeah. for Troy to go steal. Yeah, Troy just is able to like slip out. Yeah, she would have gotten away with it too. If, if it, it wasn't was... for Peanut. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Her and Peanut get into a little tussle, uh, but the manager breaks it up. Um, and actually returns the stuff that Troy dropped to her, uh, without, cause he doesn't realize that she, she stole it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when she comes home, 
she slams the stuff on the table and was like, I told you I didn't want to go to the grocery store. I got beat up by Peanut. And then mom was like, you got beat up by a boy? She's like, no, Peanut's a girl. And she's like, how big is Peanut? And she's like, six, six, four, 200 pounds. <laughs> uh, and so the mom is like, you wrestle with your brothers every day and you get beat up by somebody named Peanut. And Troy gets her revenge mm-hmm. on, what'd you say his name was? Weasel? Possum. Yeah, Possum, uh, by dumping a bucket of ice water yeah. on him while he's on the stoop and she's on he, the second floor window. Yeah. He's acting like the, the big man on the stoop. Mm-hmm. And so she knocks him down a, a step. Yep. Yeah. Some good hijinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she has a nightmare that night. Mm-hmm. It's a cool, I like the way Spike films this. Yeah. Uh, she's being chased by Snuffy and his right-hand man. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the dolly shot moment. Yeah. In this movie. Uh, the second dolly shot. Yeah. Um, they, like, catch up to her. Yeah. And make her huff sniff glue. Yeah. And then she starts, like, hovering. Yeah, she starts floating. Mm-hmm. She's high, like yeah. literally in her high. nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Um, time is playing, which I think is one of Spike Lee's favorite songs to use. It was in the the trailer for the Five Bloods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she wakes up, and Dad is back. Mm-hmm. And they're getting ready to go on a trip. As a family. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I can see... I, I don't know the name of the song, but... I can see clearly now the rain is gone is playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that might be the name. Okay. I uh, like perfect music, music clue. Cue. Uh, but as they're leaving, uh, a worker from the electric company comes by to shut off their electricity. Yeah. Because there's been an unpaid bill. Mm-hmm. So the trip is postponed. And they bust out all the candles. All the candles. Every candle. Every single one. <laughs> So many candles. Um, Vic comes home and... Oh, before that, they're... Oh, actually, not before that. Vic comes home. You're yeah, right. Vic comes home and he's confused. And then he, and then that confusion turns into anger because he needs his lights. Whatever his disability is, like whatever PTSD he has, um, he needs he needs lights or like... Maybe he's like. No, he's also a tenant. It's his. Yeah. He's, he's paying rent. Also that. Also very that. Um. But like his disability requires him to have lights, so I'm. It's gonna be a hard night for him. Um. Like what he Woody, what he's offering candles. Yeah. And at one moment, at one point, he he lights Vic's cigarette with one of the candles. Yeah. I like that. Um. He kind of dismisses his girlfriend. Right, because she's talking to Woody as if he's her landlord. Right. But he's Vic's landlord, mm-hmm. um, and she's not very she's not happy. And they kind of walk off, um, and then we get another dinner scene, a dinner by candlelight. Yeah, I like this part because they're they're making the most of their situation. Yeah, and it's it's actually it's pretty romantic dinner. There's even yeah. Woody has a line about how he enjoys eating by candlelight. Mm-hmm. It's nice, uh, and he delivers some good news. Mm-hmm. He booked a concert. Yeah. He's going to be playing his, his own music. Mm-hmm. 
So then a few days later. The road trip is back on. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the, yeah, they were going to do before the lights got cut off. They're yep. going to do it now. They're driving down to the south. Yeah. They're they're uh, going to drop Troy and Nate off for the summer. Mm-hmm. They've got some some affluent relatives. Mm-hmm. They're going to take in the kids for the summer. Uh, there's a the moment in the car on the drive where the kids are supposedly sleeping in the back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same conversation that Woody and Carolyn had when they were fighting, but this time it's just them talking. Yeah. But they get a little worked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out Troy was awake. Yeah. They invite Troy to come up to the front. It's like the car. It's like the 70s car where the the front seat, it's not two separate seats. It's a Yeah, a just bench. one long bench. Yeah. yeah. So Troy comes and sits in the middle. Yeah. With mom and dad. Yeah, it's real cute. It's real cute. Yeah. And the, the lens change. Yeah. Well, you got to talk about this. Because, yeah, this is uh, something else that, that pops up a lot in Spike's uh, work, where, like, the the aspect ratio is, like, kind of warped. It becomes stretched out. It it did it in Girl 6. Yeah, it did well. in Girl 6. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it here. If it were just the aspect ratio change, which mm-hmm. I've seen used before to uh, highlight the difference between two different settings or two different periods in a film. Mm-hmm. This is, it's just hard to look at. Yeah, because, yeah, it's, like, just so, like, elongated. Yeah, everyone, it looks stretched out. It looks like there was, like, a mistake, almost, yeah. in the, and it, it's the whole sequence. Yeah, the whole South is shot like this. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, I, I get what he's weird. doing. I don't, uh, I don't know if it, if it works for me the whole way mm-hmm. through. I don't know. I could have used just like. All right. If the aspect re- like what if it became like a smaller screen? Yeah. Right. Or if it had like this dreamy like effect to the screen. Yeah, maybe? but but I guess yeah. he is doing two things. One, he's showing it's different than than Brooklyn. Yes. And Troy doesn't like that. It's mm-hmm. uncom. The difference is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and so it's making the the viewers uncomfortable. And also, obviously. The, the country's not, not like the city. There's more space. So I guess to make the aspect ratio, like the box smaller, wouldn't be showing that off. Right. So by like stretching it out, it shows all the space. And like for a kid that lives in the city, mm-hmm. I'm convincing myself now Dude, you, that it's a good decision. You're talking through it. Yeah, I'm talking I'm, myself I'm, I'm, into it. Yeah. For a kid that lives in the city, there's everything happening all the time. Mm-hmm. All the yelling and kids playing 10 different games at once. And this, it's it slows down, and there's the space, and it's it's stifling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how you work through that. Because I, I get what he's doing, but it yeah. it looks bad. Yeah, that's my that's my problem with it. <laughs> it's hard to look at. It's ugly. But I mean, not not all good film good filmmaking doesn't always mean pretty filmmaking. Correct. And there's plenty of pretty moments. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. so we we get introduced to Aunt Song, yes, uh, Viola, and Uncle Uncle something, an uncle, yeah, <laughs> and and Queenie uh, the dog and Queenie. <laughs> um, the, I thought she was saying Winnie the whole time, mm-hmm. saying Queenie. Uh, the 
Troy gets dropped off. They they have dinner and then yeah. um choice the Carmichaels leave. Yeah. They have to drop off Nate mm-hmm. and then drive back up to Brooklyn. So yeah. the first night in the country, mm-hmm. uh Troy's sharing a room with her cousin Viola, mm-hmm. her adopted cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing we see of Viola's room is is uh, a shitload of Barbies. Yeah, it's very girly. Not not only girly, but like Barbies aren't cheap. <laughs> no, yeah, it's very pristine. Yeah, she has a whole um, a whole a whole cache of Barbies. That's like that's the whole like theme with with Aunt Song it's just like very feminine and girly and proper and pristine mm-hmm. right which and is religious. like and religious which is very different for where uh Troy comes from which is very rough and tough and masculine mm-hmm. yeah uh the Aunt Song and the uncle uh, lead the children through prayer before bed and mm-hmm. then turn off the lights they give her this little like uh, nightgown because the the her nightwear is just like uh, like shorts and a, and a shirt, and she's like, "You can't wear that." Yeah, so it's like right away they're like, "One of us." Yeah, one of <laughs> us, right? Right um, when they turn off the lights and leave the room, Troy gets up, starts jumping on the bed and talking shit. She yeah. says, "I don't care. I hate it here anyway, yeah. and my dog could kill your rat dog anyway." <laughs> yeah, and so Viola and Troy bond over their dislike for the dog, and kind of their dislike for the where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Viola is very aware that she is adopted, and makes it very clear that she's not a big fan of Aunt Song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before bed, Troy asks what the noise is. Mm-hmm. She never heard crickets so before. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the next day, um, Aunt Song doesn't know what to do with her hair. So she takes a hot comb to her to her hair and straightens it out. Yeah, as if the nightgown wasn't enough. Right? So, yeah, it's like the nightgown, and then it's the hair. If you know anything about a hot comb, um, it's hot, it hurts, and it damages your hair. Um, And it's straight, you know, she straightened her hair because, like, straight hair, it's pretty hair. And it's the hair that her adopted daughter had. Um, I think it's no coincidence that Viola is... um, as light as she is and has like, you know, like nice hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about aunt song that like kind of screams that like trying, like trying to be like relative to whiteness. Are you saying she's in the sunken place? Perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> but she's just like, like just like an old school Southern bell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a type of like, um, expectation that comes with that. And so she's just like living up to that, which is different from like what we've seen from Troy family being very in touch with like their African like roots, like trying to be in touch with their African roots and stuff like that, with like braids and beads and the horn and all that stuff. True. Very different. Um, then we get a montage. Fun montage. That mirrors the, the opening. We got a little playing games montage, but... Mm-hmm. It's a little different when you're not in the city. Yeah. When they're jumping rope, it's tied to a tree trunk yeah. on one end. Because it's just two of them. You don't it's have just other the two kids. of them having yeah. fun together. 
and of course there's all the like all the lawns with uh, mm-hmm. pristinely cut grass yeah very different than the the streets mm-hmm. um, playing on back in back home in Crooklyn mm-hmm. and then it's Troy's birthday yeah she's she's 10 and, yeah she turns um, 10 she gets a gift from her aunt and more importantly a letter from her mother yeah whom she misses and this is my favorite sequence in the movie. Yes, it's a little fun montage, fun like the, up to speed yeah, for it's, uh, Troy. It's the old device of when you're a person in a movie reading a letter, you hear the voice of the person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. But it goes extra mile because you see like the the vignette of mm-hmm. Carolyn reading what what's on the writer yeah. what's on the letter mm-hmm. very it's and it's all very casual and it's all very it's kind of dreamlike yeah um because it's more troy's imagination of what's happening back home yeah it's like that one shot of uh they have this 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 guy in the neighborhood who likes to sing but can't sing and so they're like, Tommy still can't sing. And so, and it shows that with this like weirdly like colorized shot of like a group of them like looking directly into the camera and singing, la 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 love means I love you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, we also get the. Apparently, uh, things have escalated with Tony Eyes and the trash. Yes. Uh, there's been another incident. This mm-hmm. time, even more people in the neighborhood getting involved. Yeah. And it's all kind of shown through this lens of uh, Carolyn telling her daughter what she's been missing. And it's... She even, like, notes... You know, it's it's weird down here where everyone gets involved when yeah. when there's bickering and becomes a whole thing. And uh, Tony's accusing her of her children um, leaving trash in his area. Which she knows is true. Which she knows is true, but denies to him. Mm -hmm. And then also, what was the other thing? Uh, They throw uh, trash from, like, the rooftops or something like that. And she's like, not true. But then it's like a a shot of them actually doing it. Yeah, we get to see that they were doing it. Yeah. Um. I actually like how it was resolved with like uh, Woody having like a, a man-to-man moment, like right. coming square with him, and offering being to like, help him yeah, with the smell of his apartment. Yeah, but like, hey man, I'll I'll come and help you. You know what I mean? But like, we can't keep doing this. And so Tony is kind of, I don't know, taken aback and just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's nice. That's different. That's a different approach you know what i mean um woody has his concert mm-hmm. fortunately it's the same night that the knicks ended up winning the nba championship yeah um, <laughs> which i'm sure was a real thing clinton has yeah he has a choice to make which is either go support his father or go to the game and he decides to go to the game but he's not very happy about it in fact, he's pretty sad, even though his team just won the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad, the way the 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 uh, the mom 
talks about is like, you know, um, you know, everyone is there is trying to cheer him up. And I love the way that it shows that like his like friends and family were there and then maybe like two other like stragglers and then the rest of the auditorium was like empty. The music is nice. The music is nice. Um, but yeah, no one came out to the show and they're all just trying to cheer him up and yeah. the son comes in and he is not happy with his choice. Yeah. And it, yeah. And so because of that letter, Troy misses home. Yeah. She's ready to go home. She's ready to go home. Also, apparently, uh, her aunt Maxine and uncle Brown bought, bought tickets for her to come home. Mm-hmm. So she wants to go home, but Queenie's missing, the dog. Yeah, the dog's missing. And so Aunt Song is just like, uh, Aunt Song is like just the southern lady who is just like, she can't help but to like throw shade. Mm -hmm. So everything she says to Troy is kind of shady. So Troy's had enough, but she's just like, you know, I hope you'll stay for the, for the, for the party tonight, for the cake tonight. You know what I mean? And then you can leave in the morning. So, uh, they're having a slumber party. It's it's Viola, Troy, and like two twins. Yeah, and they're jumping on the couch, mm-hmm. but there's something there. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a fold up couch. They yeah, they unfold it's a it. They un they pull it out, and uh, out pops up uh, Queenie's corpse. Yeah, this this should dead be dog funny. in a movie. This shouldn't be funny. You know, I like dead dogs in because, movies because um, the way song is just like. She's so just distraught. Oh, and she's it's on laps. her knees. Yeah. And she's just like going in and just like has the most high pitched cry. And she's just like, oh my, like she can't even complete a, a sentence. She's distraught. Yeah. The, t- the tone's a little weird, but it makes sense because of what follows. Mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, like the the dog died, and it's funny. It's funny because the kids don't give a shit. Yeah, the kids don't all. really like the dog. They bury the dog. There's like a cross. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like a, the, a service, and she's like, "My dog is in heaven," and she's like so dramatic. Troy's just so honest done. about she's it. She's ready to go home. She's ready to she's go. She's telling home. Viola, "You should come visit me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we get a really like. Sad goodbye while the Jackson Fives never can say goodbye plays. Mm. And I love this goodbye because it's like she's like saying goodbye to her in the car and then she's like chasing after her, still waving. And then when she gets to the street, she's waving. You can see her in like the rear view window still waving. And it's sad. It's sad. Only because I, I when I first saw this, I was just like, man, I. I I hope she comes to Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> I hope, like, they, like, reunite. <laughs> uh, when Troy gets back to New York, she's picked up by the aforementioned Aunt Maxine and Uncle Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, she learns that her, her mother's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so they take her to the hospital. To she's visit. a little sick, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, both mother and daughter, who at the beginning of the movie had lots of braids and beads in their hair, both uh, no longer do yeah. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Carolyn's like devastated that her daughter, like, yeah. what happened to your hair? Yeah, what'd she do to your hair? <laughs> She's not surprised though. Uh, and there's a moment where Troy or Carolyn tells Troy, "You gotta step up while I'm here." Mm-hmm. And then she whispers something. She and tells her to like. L- Make sure you look after your little brother, Joseph. Well, she says that, but then there's the whisper, and we don't hear what mm-hmm. she whispers. Right. <sighs> Lots I'm, of I'm not, not going to be able to edit these out. No, it's just going to be fireworks. It's going to be still. fireworks. Welcome to our world. Welcome to summer, guys. Yeah. Um. It's every fucking night. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say it's like the Lost in Translation whisper thing. I don't know. I like the I like it when characters in movies have things that they say to each other that we don't know. The audience doesn't need to know everything. They mm-hmm. can have their mother daughter relationship without us being a part of it. Right. Um. Then there's an Afro Sheen commercial. Yeah. Right. Right after uh, Carolyn telling her daughter to step up and um. Yeah, step up and fill her role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Afro Sheen commercial that's talking about black queens. And, yeah, beautiful uh, people wear Afro Sheen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All their power, and it's like um, the idealized version of what Troy is ostensibly going to be growing into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get we and go then Soul Train. Yeah, Soul Train. And it's Clinton's. He says, "This is my favorite part of the show." Yeah. It's uh, the Soul Train line, which is definitely everyone's favorite part of the right. show. Right, <laughs> it's, it's the point of the show. Clinton, you're not so, special. <laughs> so they all start to dance. Clinton yeah. is having a good time, mm-hmm. um, and but that's interrupted yeah. when. Uh, but that wait, wait, just just can we just sit with that for okay. a second? Okay, <laughs> let me just have this. I love that it's just them dancing mm-hmm. and just having fun. Yeah, and it's the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Um. Spike Lee has great dance sequences in his movies. I mean, she's got to have it probably Black most Man. notably. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, school's Days. Yeah. Uh, there's like a really long dance sequence in Malcolm X. Um, the swing, the swing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you saw that part because it's in the beginning. Yeah, it's in the beginning. <laughs> um, but the, I don't know. Just the, the joy of dancing. It's, it's it's nice, mm-hmm. but it is cut short. Yes, because Woody gives them the news that their mother has cancer and mm. will be staying in the hospital. Yeah, longer, and they're all sad, and they all crying, and they're all like hugged. Not up Troy. And they're all crying, but Troy. Yeah, even Clinton is trying, crying, crying, mm-hmm. and, and sad, and is face down. Troy, Troy uh, is very still. Mm-hmm. Just a serious face, but not crying. Right. And how things can go when you find out you have can- uh, someone has cancer, um, it happens very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's said very quickly um, that mom has passed away. Yeah. Um, Right before that, though, mm-hmm. it is quick, but after the crying, you get some establishing shots of the house mm-hmm. and some rooms that we'd previously seen, but now it's all very still. There's no one in there. There's mm-hmm. no activity. Yeah. 
I like that. And then we see some moments of Troy cleaning up and cooking a little bit, mm-hmm. taking care of everyone, mm-hmm. doing filling the mother role Yeah, while Carolyn's in the hospital. But we find out, the way we find out that she died is the kids are outside singing the song you opened this podcast with. Yep. Um, and they're walking... Like through, I don't know where it is, like a park. Yeah. And then some outdoor building with like marble, a marble staircase. Mm-hmm. But we don't see where the stairs lead. Mm-hmm. We just see the kids walking up the stairs and the camera's like from above. It's like the bird's eye view. Yeah. And it's like the, we don't see where the stairs lead. It's just the kids walking up this. I don't know. It felt like a very um, symbolic uh, shot of just children growing and mm-hmm. they're proceeding on the journey progressing yeah mm-hmm. and uh some i mean the death of a parent would definitely expedite that yeah development and while they're walking we have the line of uh someone saying um we wonder if we have to dress up for mom's funeral yeah and then it's like oh fuck she yeah, died she died just like that and that's the day of the funeral yeah the day of the service and uh troy doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to be bothered. Um, her aunt comes in and like hands her the dress. Yeah, and, she got her an outfit to wear. Yeah, and she kind of just dismisses the aunt and it's just like, my mom would never let me wear polyester. Yeah, Maxine is like, you got to wear this. It would have made your mom so proud. Yeah, Troy says, my mom actually, actually, my mom hates, she hates polyester. She would never. And so the aunt kind of just takes that. And kind of just leaves the room. Mm-hmm. And dad comes in. Yeah. Troy tells dad she's not going. But mm-hmm. Woody explains to her that Carolyn would have really wanted them all together at church. Mm-hmm. So they all get together. Mm-hmm. Go to church for the funeral. Yeah. Ooh, child. Things are going to get mm-hmm. easier as playing. Yeah. Another great music cue. Are there any not good music cues? No, I think no. every music cue is great. It's in this. all on point. Um, I wonder what percentage of the budget was music. soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the first time during the repass, and the first time in the in this in this picture, Clinton and Troy have a tender mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, he. Uh, they're back at the house after the funeral, and Clinton holds her hand. Yeah. Come they're, they're holding Little hands. do they know they'll end up collaborating on a screenplay years <laughs> later when Clinton is a famous <laughs> filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cut short when Joseph comes in. Crying. Um, crying, saying that uh, Snuffy and Right Hand Man robbed him of his money. Mm-hmm. So she goes out there and she handles uh, the business that she promised her mom she would. Yeah, we got our next dolly shot. Yeah, with her. I like, love how it... The compliment between the last dolly shot, which was the nightmare about being chased by Snuffy and Right Hand Man. Mm -hmm. But now the dolly isn't her running away. It's her approaching them with a baseball bat. Yeah. About to take care of business. Yeah. And she knocks, she cracks Snuffy's head wide open. Tells him to go sniff glue on his own block. Yeah. And then it's cut to a nightmare. Another nightmare. What's a nightmare? The nightmare is um, she hears her mom and dad arguing. Oh, that's I don't think that's a nightmare. She she wakes up and she we yeah. hear her mom and yeah. dad. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then um, she, she was definitely runs like downstairs. Tossing and turning. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she thinks she hears her mom. So she goes running downstairs like mom, dad, saying, like, that hiding. wasn't a dream. Like that was real. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Downstairs. Yeah. No. Uh, but it's just her dad trying yeah. to kill a rat in the kitchen. Yeah. And so he's just like, no, like Delver Lindo on the ground on all fours. On <laughs> all <down>. fours. <laughs> I don't me. know. He's, he's got a bubble butt. Is all, <laughs> is all I'm saying. He has good form. Give that man an Oscar. Give that man an Oscar. Uh, great acting in this from him and Alfred Woodard. Great acting from him in the Five Bloods, which we'll get to. Great act. I haven't mentioned it. I I am uh, pretty critical of of child actor of the performance of child actors in movies. Mm-hmm. All the kids in this are great. Yeah, yeah. But Troy, right? Troy's really good. Really good. Really grounded. But, but none of them are bad. None of them are, take me out of it. I have a hard time with child actors when you can really see the the acting. Mm-hmm. Because then I just think about how the parent is off stage. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the chi- child acting is a messy business. Mm-hmm. I saw Honey Boy. <laughs> we saw Honey Boy. Um, but no, they're, they're all good, and they, they don't take me out of the movie at all. The yeah. whole the whole time I'm in this movie, I'm in it. Right. She Except really maybe the south, it. where the the lens is a little weird, and I have to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, great performances throughout. Mm-hmm. And Alfred Woodard, you don't like realize how good she was until she's gone. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, Woody tells her that's okay to cry. Yeah. And uh, But Troy says that it's good that her mom's not suffering anymore. Yeah. And we get an epilogue. Mm-hmm. So the summer's summer's ending, mm-hmm. but the the Carmichael family's still living, still living, providing, still going through their lives. I guess this is more of the letter that uh, the mom wrote. Yeah, well, it's the same. It's a repeat. It's, it's Troy. Re- Troy's reading the letter again. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the same. It begins the same exact way. It's she has that letter and reads it and hears her mother's voice. Mm-hmm. Um. But we get the shot earlier when she was reading the letter. Um, Carolyn was in in the like the, bar, the barber chair. Yeah. Um, and now uh, doing Troy is and, but in now, the yeah. Then chair it, it fades and it's, and it's Troy in the in the yeah. chair. Yeah. Uh, being a little rough with Joseph's hair. Yeah. And he says, "Mom, mom doesn't do it like that." And she says, "Well, I'm not mom." Yeah. Well, I'm not mom. She's. Assuming the matriarchal role, mm-hmm. but being herself. Yeah. Mom is like, I'm so proud of you, you know, for, or someone that grew up around a bunch of rough boys, you turned into a beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. And that is Crooklyn. That is Crooklyn. And the kids are back outside playing. And yeah, and how it starts. Troy is watching from, from, from her fence. With a nice uh, fro. With a nice fro, yeah. 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 A good old uh, character gets a different hairstyle to show that, to demonstrate growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's effective. Yeah. Yeah. Crooklyn. Crooklyn. Is it a movie? 
Or a film. It's a joint. I think we already established that. I think it's a film. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really say why. But I feel like it's a film. I don't think all of Spike Lee's joints are films. Though he does... Like what I said earlier about how his movies like know that they're movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like that lets him do... That lets him make movie films, almost. Right. Which are the best. Which are the best. Okay. Uh... Spoiler discussion now of the Five Bloods. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it yet, tune in next week. We got a little surprise. Yeah, we do. For our final summer pick. Um, It'll be a fun one. We're on Twitter at MovieFilmPod. Email us MovieFilmPod at gmail.com to tell us why you haven't watched the Five Bloods yet. It's right there on Netflix. (laughs) It is right there. And uh, yeah, well, you can hear from us later. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, they're gone. They're gone. So, so Deborah Lindo's character wears a MAGA hat through most of the movie. Also, Trump appears in the movie. You were talking about like how Spike started putting like historical documents. Mm-hmm. Among those is the the clip of one of those Trump rallies where uh, a black man was prominently featured right yeah. behind him in the audience. Mm-hmm. In this Blacks movie, for Trump. in this movie, apparently that's Paul Delroy Lindo's character. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, man. uh, It's complicated. It's complicated. Uh, I didn't expect there to be such a complicated character in this movie. Um, Because it it makes him so hard to like, right? Like, he's hard to like, but then, like, the movie does a really good job of making you understand him. Yeah. Right. Especially with the flashbacks, which is the other thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You see his relationship that he had with um, Chadwick Boseman's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see how, I mean, he's haunted. Yeah, he's haunted. Literally by haunted his by his, um, by his former commander. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just, yeah, he's such a real complex character. And he's such a damaged character. And he has issues. He suffers from uh, PTSD. And he refuses to get help. So he kind of just lives with it every day of his life. And it's kind of turned him into this monster, right? Mm -hmm. And he has become come something that he hates something that uh storm and norman would hate Mm -hmm. right and that's because he killed that he killed that like he killed that that self Mm -hmm. that idea that notion he he killed it when and spoiler alert when he accidentally killed storm and norman right um and from that point on, yeah, he became this other person that he wasn't before. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's, I don't know what to say about it. It's the, 
and the whole movie focuses or highlights how fucked up it is how um how how you- many black men were put were drafted and taken overseas to fight for a country that didn't support them. Yeah. Doesn't support them. Didn't give them anything, any rights. And maybe they, it's like they went out there into this war thinking that if they did fight in this war, that when they came back home, things would be better that they'd get rights. But Mm -hmm. while they were out at war, that's when King was killed. You know what I mean? And so things, it was a lie. Yep. You know, they found out that this was a lie while they were, like, in war. And it, it, and the movie has, like, this really, really, really good uh, theme or just idea of, like, a war never ending. Yeah, so it definitely takes after Apocalypse Now in that way. Yeah. And in a direct, several direct references to it. Yeah, so like in Vietnam, the war never ends. Like their their land is still filled with landmines, still filled with like mm-hmm. like death and deadliness, and just how they like scorch the earth and they put this chemical everywhere, and how, how it still has this lasting effect. And with our main characters, with our vets, you know, the war never ends for them, like mentally. And in the flashbacks, now I read today. I assumed it was a choice. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Spike wanted Netflix to pony up with the Scorsese money so he could de-age his actors for the flashbacks. Interesting. Netflix did not give I, him that money. I, I, I can't, It didn't bother me that... Uh... At first, I was like, oh, so we're not even like obscuring their age for the flashbacks. Right. But um, I, I liked it, how it it kind of made it seem like these, because they look the same as they look while they're now back in Vietnam many years later, mm-hmm. it conveys the idea that they did, they're the same. They didn't change. Right. The war fucked them up mm-hmm. and they haven't gotten past that yet. Mm-hmm. All right. These, these fireworks are out of hand. They are very... Uh intense right now they're having a lot of fun out there we're talking about war i think it's quite fitting yeah (laughs) we have bombs going off outside did you have any other five bloods thoughts any five bloods thoughts um delroy lindo acting is phenomenal he eats that monologue up oh yeah put that up. in the oscar reel um i mean it's just like it's one of those uh Spike Lee uh, shots where he has an actor talk directly into the screen, deliver it straight to us. It's very... Uh, it's like a Shakespearean, it's like ha- very Hamlet uh, in the last act when he's like completely lost his mind and he's yeah. just yeah, he's delivering definitely so- losing soliloquies. It at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the... The Five Bloods, it, there's so many great things about it. I mean, it's just a combination of everything Spike Lee has done as a filmmaker and just, like, everything he's been doing. And some new stuff. This. Wait, how about the action, though? The action. Because in all the Spike Lee movies I watched, he doesn't do that much action. Mm-hmm. This has a lot of moments of action. 
Yeah. I mean, definitely the war flashbacks, but also the the landmines. Yeah. Oh, the landmine. Yeah, was was uh, terrifying because uh, he he sets up two two guns, right? Two Act One guns or Act Two. I don't know exactly when they pop up, but there's the shot. There's them talking about landmines, and then we see that there are people watching them with guns, mm-hmm. right? So there's a scene where one of them has gold in his hand and he's walking backwards. He has the gun, he has the, the gold up in the air. You're thinking, okay, so either his hand is going to get shot right. or he's going to step on a landmine. Mm-hmm. Which one is going to be? And then he steps on a landmine and just, it's just, it's bloody. It's gory. It's very real. And he doesn't shy away from showing the horrors of war. Uh, Like I stated earlier, uh, he shows us graphic pictures of war. Oh, of of real. Yeah, real kids dead. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty disturbing. It's pretty disturbing. There's like one clip of like a person dying. Yeah, in front of a, like a real. Oh, oh yeah, real yeah, death. yeah. At the beginning, um, yep, right a man gets shot in the head. Yep. Yeah, it's not for the for the faint of heart. Yeah, this is not. Um, this is not. Uh, this is not like war was great. You know what I mean? Remember war? Remember when we went to war and fought? That was great. No, this is not that at all. This is the like very real horrific story of of war and the monsters that it creates. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I really liked it and I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it again like as soon as as soon as I was, I was done watching it. Um It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I also love like the little storyline of of uh the black soldier. I I forget his character name having a, a like a biracial child because that is also part of the history of a lot of like black Vietnamese babies growing up mm. in Vietnam. You know what yeah. I mean? And then them facing that discrimination as well. Like and I like that he placed that in the story. He put so much into this picture. Yeah. And so it's 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 almost like a history lesson, but it's not preachy. Well I don't I didn't the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Where he rolls out his Martin Luther King clip. Mm-hmm. That's preachy. That's preachy. I thought that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Spike definitely has a habit of really feeling the need to n- nail his, his nail, bring it home. Yeah. Like hit. Like in Black Klansman. Like, like, the like ending in of Black Battle. Klansman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think this needed that. Mm-hmm. I think the point got across. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I I said everything about it that I wanted to say, and I'm tired of talking while these fireworks are going off. <laughs> we'll be back next week with we'll a brand back. new episode yes. of movie, movie, film, film. I'm sorry to your ears. I'm sorry. <laughs>